Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome to part five of the Real Estate Agent's Ultimate Business and Life Plan. And remember, this uh, series of podcasts, this being the fifth and the final of the series, is an overview of the information that is waiting for you on uh, with the uh, Real Estate Treasure Map, which we want to give to you free, no strings attached, no obligation. And all you have to do is just text the word, our last name, Harris, to 47372. Text the word Harris, the name Harris, to 47372. And remember when you do a message and data rates uh, may apply. So what happens is after you text Harris to 47372, you're going to get a text back and you have to reply back yes. In other, in other words, you have to confirm that it's you and that you indeed want the information. And then as soon as you text back Y or just yes, then we're going to text you a link. And then the link is going to take you to a secret website that we've created just for podcast listeners. And you're going to be able to download the real estate treasure map. And also while you're there, go ahead and sign up for a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and they'll help you get started creating your real estate treasure map. This is all, you know, this is free. This doesn't cost you anything, except of course, if you are sending a text, then your carrier might charge you something. That's the reasons we have to say message and data rates may apply. Yes, that's <laughs> Just right. so, but that's no excuse. That's no, no excuse, right. Let's it's get a, it done. Exactly. So go ahead and get that done. And again, it's Harris to 47372. So this is part five of Real Estate Agents Ultimate Business and Life Plan. And today we've got nothing but good news. <laughs> that's right. So now, the part of your plan you've been waiting for, move past the pandemic. Which habits you should keep and which to drop. So point number one, keep your newfound technology skills. Who knew that everyone in the world would know how to Zoom by now? <laughs> but it is indeed true. Zoom or FaceTime when you can and respect your prospect's comfort levels with contact. It's not the same everywhere and everyone has different sensitivities. Ask which they prefer in person or video. And of course, your own sensitivities apply as well. Let's talk about that for a second. Sure. So Facebook came out with a presentation that was talking about the fact that they're now putting, investing $10 billion a year into something that's called the metaverse. And the metaverse has been around forever. The concept of it is basically um, that you are going to spend time playing what amounts to a virtual uh, game, but it's not really a game. It's another, it's a, a, a rendition or a version of your life that will exist inside the cloud. And you will be wearing most likely some sort of VR headset, maybe some sort of haptic suit. Frankly, I find the whole concept a little bit creepy. Well, not a little bit creepy, a lot, <laughs> a creepy, lot creepy, but there's a lot of people that think there's going to be some iteration of that that's going to come uh, into fruition. And it's obviously true. No other, uh, you need no other proof than eXp Realty. So eXp Realty owns a company called Verbella and Verbella is basically what a metaverse uh, is. It is in essence, a virtual world that exists and within the virtual world is eXp Realty. And if you have not seen um, a video of how that works, uh, go to YouTube and check it out. Check out one of our videos on it. It is pretty badass, honestly. And so what is going to happen is what uh, the theory is going to happen is you're going to be essentially conducting a lot of your normal day-to-day -day business activities inside the metaverse. And again, I know if you've not, uh, if you can't conceptualize that because you don't play video games, uh, 
Julie and I are right there with you. Then again, just do take a peek at how EXP, the EXP world works. Um, now, will that make it so somehow agents are no longer needed? Will that make it so somehow people are no longer needing to buy or sell real estate? Absolutely not. If anything, it's going to make it even more important and create even more opportunities because you're not only going to be able to create uh, more relationships inside the metaverse, but also outside in the real world. So it's kind of exciting where the technology goes. A lot of people including Mark Zuckerberg, has this you know, belief that people are just going to plug in all day and it's going to be something like the a voluntary version of the Matrix. I personally think that's insane. I don't think people are ever going to give up their freedom and they're never yeah. going to give up their uh, autonomy, which the technology will obviously take away both. So but perhaps you can use it as a tool. You could have a virtual office and certain clients will want that and other clients will want to meet with you at their dining room table. Well, that's that's how it works with EXP. Right? You know, you mm -hmm. can have like you and I had an, um, a virtual, uh, really a building inside EXP world where our students could go that were EXP agents and they could go and they could interact with our staff. And you walk mm -hmm. in and there's like an avatar that greets you. It's not a AI avatar. It's a, a it's an avatar. But behind the avatar is a real person sitting at their desk somewhere in the world. And then you go to the other desk where you might be meeting with a coach and then there will be the coach. And so everyone would have specific hours where they had to be in the essentially Verbella or the metaverse so that they could then interact with clients and help client issues and things like that. So that's the concept of how, how it will work. But well, again, and we've done presentations in the EXP world, right? It was us for real doing a presentation. But what you saw was our avatar on stage in front of the podium talking to the audience, which was represented by uh, listening avatars of real agent people. All yeah, of you guys. It, Julie's point with this last point is that the technology that what it was in play anyway, Verbella being a good example, that technology has been around for a while. But what happened was because of COVID and COVID uh, positively affected a hell of a lot more than just the people's willingness and expectation to be able to have online experiences that are almost, you know, one to one with the real world. Right. That's where the technology is going. But what EXP has already had in place was the technology to make it so people could exist outside of brick and mortar locations. And, um, you know, the COVID has definitely hurried that along. So now everyone's rushing to create something similar to that. So you're going to see a mad rush of technologies to different people wanting to create virtual experiences like uh, and it's not just because they're all living in fear of some sort of, you know, pandemic, but it's because people's expectation of their how they're going to interact with you as a business has changed. And I can I can see very realistically, I can see there being multiple, um, you know, metaverses. There's going to be competing metaverses. Mm -hmm. And so people are going to be hypothetically buying and selling real estate, virtual real estate inside these places. Sure. Again, in my mind, I can't see it being anything beyond an elaborate game. But for the sake of uh, doing, you know, essentially establishing relationships and creating business opportunities, I can see it as something that people want to do. Will they ever want to choose uh, the fake life over the real life? I Probably some will, truthfully. Probably. And there will probably be different versions of it. I mean, I can see people wanting to close in a virtual closing room and, you know, be able to do that versus, you know, drive someplace to a title company. I think there will be different iterations. The point that we're trying to make here is... What do you keep and what do you lose as a result of the pandemic? So probably, hopefully, you guys found new technology skills. We're going to keep that because that gives you versatility, the ability to deal with different people on different situations, all with a high level of skill. So perhaps this afternoon's appointment is a first-time buyer that's freaked out and nervous about everything and really needs your hand-holding and wants to see you on every showing. But then, you know, tomorrow's listing appointment is somebody that's really uh, technologically savvy and likes the virtual world and says, hey, 
you know what, let's start with a Zoom meeting and then maybe we can meet somewhere else online, right? And if you don't, if you aren't able to adapt to that person's expectation and their desire to not meet with you in person, or maybe they're in Hong Kong and you're in Iowa, and if you can't essentially meet that customer where they are, in this case in the cloud, you're not going to get that business. That's right. They'll go on to somebody who will. So keep that versatility and continue to update and work on that versatility. Point number two, drop your lazy schedule habits. We know you have them. Just because you can work when you feel like it, because nobody's really watching you in your home office, doesn't mean you're being productive. Actually follow a schedule. We talked a lot about that on previous podcasts. Uh, as Again, prescribed by your real estate treasure map as well. There's lots of ideal schedule things in there for you to be following. But uh, I can't remember, I think it was Psychology Today, Tim, I was reading an article a couple of months ago that they had studied people's work habits during the pandemic and like every study showed that whatever your job was where you now were allowed to work at home, you were getting the actual work part of work done in like two or three hours. So you, so you then could do whatever you felt It like. doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I know, me either. Well, but also I read in similar articles too that people are actually working at home were getting more done yes. than they, well, it's because that, it's how much, it's, it's a whole bunch of psychology that's involved yeah. with that. Well, one thing is is that people are not having to go through the uh, inconveniences of going to, to some physical location to do something that they right. now know could, they can do at home. It, you know, Eliminating you, the time-wasting parts. You, you and I could scale out this point just until the cows come home because, mm -hmm. I mean, we're just in our we're last day here in our cabin in North Carolina, and then we're going back to our home in Puerto Rico. And we had Dan the Cable Man, right? I mean, yeah. that's that was his name. And mm -hmm. he, he looked like a, you know, he has this long red beard, and it was braided, and he looked like someone who'd spent a lot like of time. A Viking in, type. Yeah, exactly. He looked <laughs> like a Viking. So anyway, he was describing the fact that they are having such an influx of people buying houses in the most isolated parts of the Appalachia that they are overwhelmed with demand for people to use satellite and trying to get on the uh, the satellites. And the satellites themselves, HughesNet and Viasat, are overwhelmed. And we are pontificating with him about the um, viability of uh, Starlink. And he knew all about that. Obviously, it's his industry. But the point being is that people that had previously lived, and I asked where these people are coming from, he said mostly the East Coast, but you know, Florida, obviously Atlanta, but you know, other parts of uh, the East Coast too, all the way up to you know New York and Vermont and all that. They're moving down here because of the fact that the real estate was cheaper and they like the quality of life better and they can work remotely. Again, this goes to the fact that you're going to have to expand the way you think about the services you're going to provide, but also the expectations of the customers that you're going to be dealing with it. There, it was normal in more metropolitan areas, especially dealing with more well-heeled clients to have to do a lot of stuff even before the pandemic virtually, but now it's not going to work like that in that everyone's going to expect you to have that skill set. Everyone's going to expect you to be able to adapt to, you know, their schedules and, and their demands. And now as far as Julie's point, as far as number two, drop your lazy schedule habits, that's going to be something that's going to be very a uh, huge challenge for most of you. And inside the real estate treasure map, we do give you an ideal daily schedule. That's something a lot of you ask for, and we give that to you as part of the treasure map. But I'll tell you this, and this is something that um, I think will make a lot of you feel better. You really only have to have a scheduled morning in real estate. And after that, you can do whatever the heck you want. And your scheduled morning in the morning, you really only have to do three to five things. That's it. So if you do three to five things every single day at a high level and you get them done in the morning, the rest of the day, it can be a complete, you know, crazy show and you're going to be just fine. If you want. As long as you stick to those daily minimum standards that are dollar productive, which are based on production of profit. We're not saying that no matter what happens in the morning, you get to have the afternoon off. We're saying that when you follow those specific things which drive your business, 
And I even challenge agents, you know, you guys can compress your time and be more efficient when you stop trying to multitask, when you, you know, stop being distracted by everything. But the distractions are what kills potential because pe people are so easily distracted by the novel mm -hmm. and they don't ever drill down. And we talked about this when we were talking about the momentum. Yes. Um, we did a show on that the other day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes guys look in life when you're trying to accomplish a meaningful goal in your business and personal life, it takes like 10 times longer than you think it should. And there's, so that's, that's, you know, kind of bad and that's kind of good. The good part is, is if you're trying to achieve a financial goal is, and say, for example, real estate, you're trying to gain market share in a specific market with listings and you have some real, well-heeled uh, competitors, they're probably going to give up before you do. If you understand that everything takes longer than you think it should. One of the best ways to win consistently is just outwork your competitors. And by outworking, it's not just simply the amount of time you put in. It's the, what you're doing with the time that you are putting in. That's the reason. And we'll say it's this the again, quality of your work. it's what you're doing. It's yes. the quality of what you're doing. It's the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And every single morning, there's three to five things you got to be doing every single day. And you do those things at the high level. Even if you don't get a transaction the rest of the day, no listing, no sale, no, nothing happens. The accumulation effect of having done those three to five things at a high level. And it doesn't take very much time for you to really start feeling it days, weeks, months in some markets. And then you're going to start saying, holy crap, this actually works. Then you will be less likely to be seduced by the novel. That's exactly it. So point number three, we're talking about pandemic stuff to keep and what to stop or drop. Point number three, stop using your mental energy worrying about things you can't control. This includes trying to predict what will happen in your real estate market, what will happen with COVID, who's going to be elected next, and you could fill in a lot of blanks there. Concentrate on what you can control and make your own market. This is what I'm struggling with myself today because we have to deal with this whole airport COVID reentry you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I could easily get irritated about all of the protocols and things that we have to follow and paperwork we've got to have, plus taking Max on the plane and all that. Max but, is our French bulldog. Yes, but guess <laughs> what? I don't get to control all of that. Nope. So I'm just going to deal with it. Well, it, this is a good part for inter, for us to interject because people are going to hear us say the word COVID and we always get, last time I we know. talked about COVID, some people took, man, they got pissed. But, but here's the thing with COVID, guys. With this new variant, Omicron, if I'm saying it correctly, mm -hmm. um, everyone's going to get it. It's, I forget, what was it, 27 times more? Um, I think it's even worse than that. It's yeah. like 74. Ba basically, you're going to get it. We're going to get it. It's highly likely. Yeah, it's, it's impossible that you won't. Statistically, you're going to get it. And here's the nice thing. For a vast majority of us, it's basically going to be asymptomatic. In other words, you're not going to have any experience of any sort of illness, or it's just going to be like a mild cold. Julie thinks she's already had it. And if she's had it, that means I've had it. So we're going to take COVID tests today because we have to take them before we're allowed to go back into Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised at all if all of us in our family have already had it. Yep. And now here's the nice thing about it. Again, if there is a nice thing about it, <laughs> is once you've had it, you've got the antibodies for it. Now, Julie and I are both double vaxxed. We are advocates of the vaccine. We think the vaccine itself, the tech, not necessarily how it's being administered today with endless boosters, but the reality of it is, is the technology itself from the vaccine, the implementation of the vaccine, it was some of the baddest ass science that humanity's ever created. I was listening to, uh, Julie and I were listening to the All In podcast the other day, and one of the guys there is a big technology investor or big um, health you know, advanced technology, you know, I don't even remember what his title was, but he knew all about, obviously, all the different things that are going to be um, coming as a result of the COVID vaccine, essentially the adaptation of that technology. And it's incredible the things that they're going to be able to do because they've never had an opportunity with any kind of medical breakthrough to have such a, essentially a mass, um, let's call it what it was, basically a experiment on so many people that was right. successful 
And now that it's worked, they know how to deliver vaccines. Now, vaccines for viruses, but also specific things against uh, illnesses like cancers. They're going to be able to make and create specific things that are going to make it so that you're going to be able to have very targeted medical care that's going to make it so that some things that may have caused really, you know, a bad outcome are going to cause, you're, you're going to be fine. And there's another thing that's coming as a result of this. They're actually, again, I wish I would have remember. I wish I would remember more of the details of this. And if you guys want us to talk more about this, just text me directly and I'll dust off our notes and I'll listen to the podcast again. My text is 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. But the other thing he talked about, and this is when he was giving predictions for 2022 and 23, was that the um, there's technologies that are going to cause the uh, cells in our bodies to, and this is, I believe, the exact term he used, be more youthful. And what that means, in essence, is that the cells are not going to age as quickly or age at all. So the things that happen in your body, and the way I was, you know, aging is essentially like those of you who remember tape. You guys remember maybe VHS tape or tapes mm-hmm. from like the 80s that used to mm-hmm. send your girlfriend or your boyfriend? And how if you if it was a recording of a recording of a recording, it always... Mixtape. Yeah, well, not a mixtape, Julie, but if it was like the original tape, the original music was recorded onto a tape, and then you recorded that tape, mm-hmm. and then you recorded that tape and that tape. So every iteration of that tape was basically a little bit of a deterioration of the previous one, which is a lot of a deterioration from the original recording, right? So the way it was described to me as cells get older, essentially, that's what they're doing. They degrade, essentially. They degrade, right. And so basically our bodies, as we get older, degrade. Well, evidently some of this technology that's linked to the fact that this COVID vaccine, which was such an amazing home run, um, is going to make it so that they are going to be able to start having actual honest to God, um, essentially, Uh, medical treatments to slow down and in some cases dramatically slow down the aging process well that's looking at the bright side for sure but isn't that incredible (laughs) it is it is but that's the thing is that there's so much uh negativity and drama and all this stuff we've had to live through but i think in the future we'll be thanking the acceleration of the process because it was done on a mass scale in a very quick amount of time. So you said part three is moving past the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I'm going to also add this in too. Sure. There's a lot of people that will never move past the pandemic ever. Mm-hmm. They're going to be emotionally scarred from it for reasons that we all have to be very sympathetic towards. And some people are going to never want to move past the pandemic because frankly, they in- enjoyed their the, the power that it gave them as a result of being able to essentially control other people's lives and, and variations and iterations in between, right? But the truth is, is that the pandemic for the most part is going to be uh, at a point where it's the virus will still exist. It's going to exist forever. It's going to, and this is what even Joe Biden said, it's going to essentially be seen and CDC said. So before you start thinking, Julie and I are trying to, you know, be some sort of anti-vaxxers. We're not everyone in our family's vaccinated. My mom's triple vaxxed, right? So the reality of what I'm trying to pass along to you is the government essentially has waved the right flag and uh, Joe said this, that there's no way that we're going to be able to actually do anything to uh, control the pandemic. And it's just not going to happen. It's going to be part of humanity for the it's remainder like of the flu. It's, it's essentially going to be a seasonal coronavirus that's going to come up and people are going to get vaccinated for it or they won't. Uh, you'll develop antibodies for it or you won't. But the nice thing about this um, latest uh, iteration is that it has virtually no harmful effects and you are now going to have the antibodies, which means that effectively, if there are any uh, other variations of the coronavirus, 
chances are you will not get sick from them. Just like people who got corona, um, got, uh, remember what's called corona, who got COVID uh, back in, say, 2019 and 2020, they didn't need the vaccine. Uh, the doctors have finally admitted that. The CDC finally admitted that. They didn't need the vaccine. They actually weren't passing the coronavirus to uh, other people, whereas Julie and I, with the coronavirus uh, vaccine, and you guys with the coronavirus vaccine, many of you, we do still have the ability to pass the coronavirus or the uh, COVID to other people, whereas people who actually had it, who have the antibodies, not only can they not get it again, not only can they not get any of the uh, variations, but they can't pass it to other people. So now that it's called herb, herd immunity, so now that we're all developing that because of this late, latest uh, variation of uh, COVID, that's where Julie got the inspiration for the idea that it's time to move past the pandemic, all the while understanding that some people emotionally won't be able to move past it. Well, and physically. And, you know, if you have somebody sure. that's nervous about we it. We had you, friends you, that you, die from it. Absolutely. And you have to defer to what their comfort level is and yep. take your own into effect as well. So next, in terms of what to do about trying to move past the pandemic, keep your media-free mornings and listen to things that benefit you versus drag you down. Podcasts are a great way to choose what you're putting into your head, obviously, like this one, okay? But you've got to, to prune that back. And I think that uh, I've read a lot, I'm sure you have too, about podcasts really taking off during the pandemic. They did. And what I like about podcasts is you can try a lot of things out without, you know, it used to be like if you wanted to try something out, you'd go buy a book and hopefully you'd read it. But if you didn't like it, you, you just became like, you know, a doorstop. But podcasts, you can try it out for 10 minutes, see if you like it, move on, maybe not. You get addicted to certain ones. You, you can decide what's going into your head and really curate the things that are going to benefit you and ignore the rest. And it's, you know, here's the thing about podcasts. And it's really, I think, there's a lot of, uh, there's something called Substack that's uh, mm -hmm. essentially starting to pick up momentum. And there's these other places where media creators um, in a lot of cases, they're professional reporters that are just looking for a home where they're going to be able to write stories and articles that aren't biased, you know, one way or the other. There is so much available information that's going to start um, pouring out as far as, um, you know, helpful things. It'll help you guys to not be so easily manipulated with um, your decision making with regards to, you know, a lot of the stuff that we are all motivated by was based in fear. And a lot of you have taken the time to stop, take a breath and go research whether or not what you were hearing was correct, even when it was coming from an authority figure. Mm -hmm. And you have found out that the authority figures uh, weren't necessarily to blame for their misinformation, truthfully. They, too, had never uh, lived through a pandemic. They didn't know what the hell was going on. And so you can say, you know, looking hindsight, maybe they overreacted or maybe they underreacted. But the truth is, is now going forward, you have got the experience of having lived through a pandemic you have an idea of how people are going to react. You have an idea, and now you know, that you're going to have to be the best purveyor of your own content. You're going to have to be the best, essentially, I think, um, you're going to have to know how to go about discerning good information from bad information. And ultimately, learn to drill down and not just trust something that you've read or what you've heard. And that, starts, that gives you freedom. And it, make, it causes less fear, too. Because really what we saw, we saw this starting in September 11th, really is that headlines, the, you know, essentially the flashier, the scarier, the headline, you know, wolf blitzer, breaking yeah. news, all that stuff that ha people had gotten addicted to that to the point where at, at the same time, people were addicted to the, and, you know, CNN and Fox and all these others, they realized the flashier, scarier headline, more people were going to watch. And then all of a sudden these, the social media companies 
uh, started to really take market share away from the media companies, the major normal media companies. And the major normal media companies had to start, you know, juicing up their headlines even more. And then they all became partisan talking. You know, right. you don't go to Fox to, to expect to hear anything positive that maybe you're going to or anything that you're going to hear from, for example, CNN. I mean, every all these news media outlets have sort of taken their side and they're speaking only to the people inside their tent. Well, that, it, it changed from reporting to entertainment. And that's a problem. Because if you are not going about uh, seeking information from um, all perspectives, you're going just to be some, you're going to essentially be somebody's, you know, their pawn in essence. You're never going to develop the ability to discern your own information, to make your own decisions. And this actually goes back to a lot of the things that Julie and I talk to you guys about on this podcast all the time about how you're going about making decisions on what you're going to do in your business, what products you're going to buy, who you're going to listen to, well, how what much filter you run it through. Exactly. Right? Who, are you, who are you buying into? And we often uh, remind them to be careful who they're taking advice from, right? When they, they post a survey on Facebook or something, or somebody gives them what they call coaching or quasi-coaching, when in fact they haven't done anything near what the person asking wants to do. I think this is especially hard for people our age, plus mm -hmm. or minus probably 10 years, I'm because sure. we grow up, and even though you may have seen and believed that there's biases one way or the other in certain you know press outlets or whatever for the most part you grew up watching walter cronkite yeah and then you watching trust level there yeah, there's a trust level yeah, yeah. and you know there was a trust level in the major newspapers that you knew maybe one was a little leaning this way or a little other but you knew you could go there and trust that information you assumed that there were checkers and fact checkers and people were going to get fired and whatever sure. if they did anything that was a little bit too opinionative. And there was, that was just the way it was. Now, none of it's like that. And, and those of us who are, you know, I'm, I'm 50. And if you, you know, I imagine if you're older than me, that's, this is certainly a challenge for you to accept the fact that those outlets are no longer to be just blindly trusted and probably all the way down to about 35. Cause you, we all kind of grew up breathing the same air. But, you know, really people younger, they probably are, they, they can't believe that any of us actually ever believed it in the first place, I would imagine. I know. But, you know, ultimately, maybe it's not such a bad thing because what it forces is for you to be accountable to your own psyche and your own education and to learn how to do your own research and not just follow blindly. Even though it would be really nice to just tune into something and just see what happened in the world without opinion, that would be fine. But those days are gone. Now we have to be kind of uh, fact-checking every last thing, which is or, annoying. Or the, the stance that you and I take, mm -hmm. we just don't, we don't consume any of it. No, we because don't. if something happens, you're going to hear about it, right? Um, you know, and with regards to your own real estate practice, one of our previous points was don't try and control everything or worry about stuff that's out of your control. You make your own market. If you want more listings, you should know how to take more listings. That's what we do for a living is we teach you how to do that. And that answer is always going to be the same. You know, our broker used to, to, to joke about that. No matter what's going on in your life, go take a new listing. See how you feel then, right? So it could be an up market, a down market. You could have a great day, a bad day. It could be snowing outside or sunny. But you take a new listing, you know you're going to sell it. You're going to feel a heck of a lot better. So how do you know if what you're consuming content-wise is to your betterment uh, or your detriment? How do you actually know? I think the best way for you to... Uh, know subconsciously the effect of said content is how you feel internally while you're consuming it and mm -hmm. after you've consumed it. So if you listen to a podcast or you watch something and after that you feel anxious, scared, you've, you're looking Bad. for, you're looking for threat vectors and enemies, right? You're thinking about where did I pack, where did I put that AR 15? Chances are <laughs> you need less of that information in your head. Yeah. 
right? I mean, if you're watching stuff that if you're attracted to dystopian stuff, and I love a good dystopian science fiction more than anybody, but if you consume too much of that, there's no Make way that's going to have a positive effect, right? There's no way it's going to have a yeah. positive effect on uh, your output because here's what happens. And this is the interesting thing. And you, you guys just kind of, you know, let this simmer a bit. So if you, I'll give you guys an example and, and um, I'll use his name, Gary. <laughs> Gary's this Gary Z. Great, Gary's this great realtor in, in Inland Empire. And he's part of our EXP group. He's a longtime coaching client, the friendliest guy ever, nicest, sweet guy, wonderful family, just really great all around, wonderful man. Except when he starts watching too, and consuming too much um, prepper type stuff on Facebook. And that doom and gloom stuff. Doom and gloom stuff. And he has he has this tendency to go off the rails and start watching this stuff. Now he won't uh, and he wouldn't tell me when he was consuming said information, but I could tell. And I'll tell you why I could tell, because he stopped selling houses. And he started to talk in a lower voice. And he was a little bit um, depressed sounding, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and that was obvious to me, but it wasn't obvious to him that the information he was consuming was causing his world to be smaller. Now, what was actually happening? And I want you guys to think about this. He was watching stuff, communicating with other people that did not believe that tomorrow was going to be better than today. So if you don't believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, why the hell would you work harder today uh, to try to accomplish something tomorrow if you don't believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today? You guys get it? So you're not going to go out and plant that tree if you think there's going to be some big hurricane that's going to kill the tree tomorrow, are you? And that goes with investing. It goes with investing in relationships. It goes with investing in yourself, working out that you know, you're you probably going to overconsume things that are not good for your body. You're probably going to overspend. All these nasty things start happening to you when you start allowing your mind or your mindset to be infiltrated by all of this negative crap that has become, frankly, omnipresent in all of our lives. So the suggestion we have and the final point we have from this five-day uh, series is to absolutely have a media-free life. It's better for you. Yep, and have a media-free <laughs> so life. Select a few podcasts, and that's what Julie and I have. We have three mm-hmm. or four that we listen to. She's got a couple she listens to without me because they're so boring about music. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some with Zoe too for yeah. school stuff. I mean, you got to be careful what your kids are consuming as well. But we don't, we, we will glance at CNBC occasionally. We'll glance at Inman and that's it. Mm-hmm. And and we frankly, we, we can see now that Julie and I are not allowing all sorts of, you know, propagandized uh, crap into our minds. We can easily trip across it when we uh, are on, say, for example, Inman. Inman loves to do some virtue signaling articles like, you know, five or six per day. Mm-hmm. And when you see them, you know what they are. Um, you know, they're trying to appeal to a certain base of Inman, you know, readers. And I get it. It's fine. They're trying to sell ads. They're trying to feed their audience what the audience wants to read. That's their job. That's their business. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I'm trying to have a clean and clear mindset so I can stay of service to other people and I can become the best iteration of me as a real estate coach and a business owner and a husband and a father, well, then I better sure as hell avoid anything that might be subversive to my subconscious. Does that make sense? Yeah, you really do have to be sensitive to that. I mean, I and I'll look at, you know, things that matter, right? I might uh, peruse housing wire to see what interest rates are doing, what mortgage people are talking about, right? But you can really go in and out of some of that stuff in like five to 10 minutes and get the gist of what's going on in the world without having to get all the opinions that go along with it and what they're trying to sell you that goes along with it and all that kind of stuff. So it's not that we want you to live in a cave and not listen to well, anybody or do anything. You just have to really curate what you're putting in your head. You should live in an information cave, though. And, yes, because the, infor- you can. the information out there right now, this is again, it's mostly propagandized, you know, 
poorly made entertainment basically is what it is. Yes. So media free day, a completely media free morning. Stop packing the beginning of your morning in with the news. Got to read the paper. Got to watch the news. Got to listen to this radio station. Got to do all this because you're just packing your head full of shit. That's probably horrible for you. And then you go out through your day and you take a little, you know, bad news hits throughout the day. In your coffee break, it's a big bad news hit. And then towards the end of the day, you get, you basically go to the bad news, uh, you know, depot and you pick up a whole bunch more bad news. And then you go to sleep and you wonder why you didn't get any sleep. Or and you worse, want- you go on a listing presentation and you wonder why you don't have any energy and they just didn't feel it. They just didn't hit it off with you. So they went with somebody who had actual energy, enthusiasm, and skill instead. You guys got to protect your mindset like it's the most important thing. And you have to be omnipresent, constantly vigilant on the lookout for anybody or anything that's trying to move past your natural normal barrier and try to essentially control the way you think or cause you to feel fear. Causing you to feel fear, the thing about fear is that when you are in a state of fear, you're the e- that's the easiest mode to control somebody in. If you don't believe me, look what happened during COVID. When people are feeling fearful, they want it, most people, like 75% of everyone, just want to be told what to do and told it's going yep. to be okay. And they are willing to give up freedoms, willing to give up liberties, willing to give up things that past generations and their families have died for in wars and other types of things. But that's what happens when people are in a state of fear. Don't think you're immune to it. I'm not. Julie's not. So you got to be really looking out to keep your life media free. And guys, look, at the end of the day, we are in the real estate business. It is our job to obviously help people sell houses and the rest of it. But this business really is a blessing because you truly are in a brilliant spot in people's like when you have a skill set that people are willing to pay for, that you've taken the time to earn that skill set. Right. When you have that and people seek you out and you're able to solve people's problems, which is buying and selling real estate, you are now in a special place in on the, you know, their mantle of heroes, basically. That is incredible. And you want that feeling because what you'll discover is, yes, the money is great. Yes, the profit's great. But the knowledge that you are truly helping somebody is really what this business is all about. It's what life is all about. It's what your purpose on this planet is all about. And for you for you to actually be able to enjoy that level of existence, you know, go listen to all these podcasts, listen to the past five days and start asking yourself, do I have a schedule? Do I have an actual plan? Am I consuming too much media? What's my physical regimen like? What, you know, all these different things that matter. Are you following your treasure map? Right. And are you following your treasure map? Are you actually doing the proactive lead generation? Guys, you can learn the easy way, which is basically just setting aside your skepticism and your ego and just becoming one of our coaching clients, or you can learn the, learn the hard way, which is probably going to be too much trial and error and too much wasting money on gimmicks. You make that decision. We've made it easy for you. Our coaching program is available for you. If you're ready to join, which all of you are, just go ahead and go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, click on premiere, and the rest of the uh, pass through to become a coaching client is incredibly easy. Guys, why are, you, why are you waiting to become a coaching client? If you want to have a coaching call with one of our new member coaches, that's fine too. You can do it while you're over at Tim and Julie Harris. So we are going to pick up on a new topic on Monday. Have you decided what it's going to be? I'm working on some stuff, but I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger. Ooh, a cliffhanger. That means she has no idea. No, I do. I oh, do. you do? Oh, give us some hints. Uh, no. Really? Not my notes. It has to do with something you sent me. So. 
So she's not, listeners, this is what I know about my beautiful wife after being married 30 years. I'm not done with it yet. She's not done with it, and she doesn't want me to criticize the concept. You'll get the rollout once it's done, (laughs) just like you did on this one. All right. It was a great topic. So in the meantime, guys, listen, we are looking for agents who are interested in joining Julie and I at eXp Realty. If you're ready to join eXp and you're looking for a a sponsor for your... as an EXP agent, and you're looking for a sponsor that obviously is going to be very proactive in your success uh, at EXP Realty in your real estate career, please do consider Julie and I. Yes, we are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Please do not call. I will not answer. I promise you I will not answer, but I will respond if you text me. 512-758-0206. We are certainly ready, willing, and very excited about the opportunity to sponsor you at eXp Realty. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.